The Keys to Life podcast begin with the idea that women need access to sound wisdom, biblical truth, and practical keys to be empowered in their daily life. This is an offspring of Life Builder Seminars. The Keys to Life podcast is designed to help you transform your life by hearing and knowing the truth so you can walk in greater freedom than you ever thought possible. Life Builder Seminars was started by Dr. Kathy Guerrero nearly 25 years ago with a passion for creating a safe place for women to be equipped and empowered for life. As a counselor, pastor, business owner, and grandmother, Dr. Kathy's passion is to build and empower women. We are so excited you are here and can't wait to see what God has in store for you. Hello, everybody. I'm so happy to be back with you again today on Keys for Life, our Life Builder podcast. And we have an incredible guest today. So uh, before I set her up with her introduction, I'd just like to just share with you again uh, that Life Builders is a group that has been organized to equip and empower women for life. Now, this is an outreach or an offspring from our seminars. And we, we love to just bring to you guests that have a, a, a treasure on the inside of them because they walk through some of these things. And it's not like just taking a lesson from somebody, but it's, it's the lesson that somebody's learned that they can then share with you. So today, uh, our topic is really, we're going to deal with foster care and adoptive parenting. Now, some of you might say, well, that doesn't affect me. But I will have to say one thing, it affects all of us because all of us have, in one way or another, we have some sort of responsibility to care for the children that are around us. And if we close our eyes, so much can go on behind the scenes that we're not aware of. That's why I always think it's so very important to pray and to ask God to give us revelation of what's in our own neighborhood or what's in our own uh, circles of friendship, what's in the community where we dwell, uh, so that we can be a helping hand to those who may have a need that we're not even aware of. So I brought Christine today. This is Christine Garcia. And she is a single mom. She has uh, two children, two biological children, and one adopted child. And she'll tell you a little bit more about that. But she's also a business owner, and she works uh, another job. I mean, she just she's a busy woman. She's full of uh, kindness and the ability to care and to support others that are also. Uh, going through or have gone through some of the issues that she has. So I first met Christine about seven years ago, so around 2016. But when I first was able to really uh, meet her and talk to her and hear her heart and see that gift and that treasure that's on the inside of her, she actually won a door prize for one of our seminars. And in that door prize, it also included a lunch date with me, Dr. Kathy Guerrero. <laughs> and so uh, while we were sitting at lunch, uh, she just began to unfold for me some of those things that she's had to walk through. And I want you to know that sitting here today to speak to you is a woman 
who has walked the walk and she can talk the talk because she has the experience. So I want to introduce her to you right now. This is uh, Christine Garcia. So Christine, would you say hello to the listeners and just give us a little bit of um, your personal journey. Can you just share that with us? Yes, of course. Hello, everyone. Um, thank you, Dr. Kathy, for having me. And it's an honor to be here. And thank you for um, allowing me to share what's on my heart. We are honored. Um, well, a little bit about me is, um, well, I'm a single mom. I have a 26-year-old and a 16-year-old. And my little one's about to turn eight. Um, she's my adopted one, who I got when she was in Pampers and in a bottle. <laughs> So, um, and, you know, a little bit about my, my past life is I, I did come from a very dysfunctional family and abuse and um, a lot of violence. And, um, and I, I got saved 11 years ago when I was about 34 years old. Praise God. And my <laughs> yes. life's changed completely ever since then when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Yes, yes, he does make a difference, doesn't oh, he? he? sure does. <laughs> Light he and sure life. does. I don't think I'd probably be able to gone through that journey if it wasn't for him. Well, he's always there with us. So uh, tell us a little bit about you uh, with your business and that sort of thing, because it's, it's just so interesting uh, how much you are able to do and you do it so well. Of course. So I've um, I've been in the beauty industry for about 23 years, and about it's going to be six years next month that mm -hmm. I've opened up Revival Beauty Lounge. Uh -huh. It's in the city of Whittier, and um, it's going strong. It's um, it, it's it stood very strong through even COVID. We're still open, thank God. Yes. Um, yes. And I also do. Um, I work for a solar company, mm -hmm. and so I became a permit manager there very for good. about four years now. Very good, very good. Well, I'll vouch for you. She's an incredible hairstylist, and she's got some great persons that work with her and for her. Uh, so you can always look that up online if you want to find that out. But, <laughs> it's a five-star. <laughs> <laughs> it's a five-star. There you go. Uh, and so... Uh, Christine, you know, before before I want to I want to talk to you about how how did you get involved with foster care? But you know, I want to start out with this. You know, it tells us in in the word. I love to go back to the word. The word is our foundation. It's our plumb line. It's the stake that kiss, uh, keeps us stabilized. So it tells us in Psalm sixty eight six that God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity so he takes us out of being separate and set apart is very interesting because that solitary in in the original language in the hebrew uh, means lonely or desolate those that are yes. alone and you know i think all of us have at some time in our life felt like we've been separated from others but some of these children who are really literally separated from family uh, and they need someone to come in and be advocate for them. Uh, it's this is really God's God's will and purpose uh, to really protect and provide. So, with that in mind, tell us how did you get involved with foster care? 
I agree with everything that you have said. It, it's right on. It's right on point, especially with that scripture. Um, I got involved in foster care when my little brother was murdered. My goodness. Okay, let's let's hang out right there because I I don't want you just to bring that to us and then everybody's going to wonder what because you had said that you had been raised in violence. Right. So kind of just clarify, you don't have to go into great detail with us, but uh, tell us a little bit about how that affected uh, your family and your own personal life. Um, it affected us. Um, I mean, there's no words for it, pretty much. Um, it was just, we got a phone call, and um, the phone call stated that my brother was murdered and he was laying in the corner of the street and so we had to go identify him my and uh, it's still you know it's it's hard it's hard i mean a loved one's always of course i can still hear the pain in your voice just saying that thank you for being so transparent for us thank you christine of course so so you you heard about your your brother uh, being murdered, and then what happened? So um, he had his his um, his girlfriend who was pregnant at uh, eight months, and uh, when she received the news, she didn't she took it the hardest, and the only way she could cope was to go back to drugs. Okay, and so then. Um, my niece was born, and by the time she was before one years old, she was taken away. Okay, so was she was born addicted to drugs then, I would assume? Yes. Okay, so see, that puts a whole different layer of right. uh, situational things on the top of this for these little children. And you know, uh, if I could just kind of just say, there are so many times that things like this happen in family systems. Uh, where there are drug uh, addicted babies and so many times people don't want to have to deal with that because it is very problematic and we don't know uh, what we're facing ahead and so it takes somebody with great courage to be able to face those things and do something about it so yes, why don't absolutely. you share with us then christine so uh i just i received a phone call i received a phone call and it was one of my cousins you know, letting me know that um, my niece went into, she was actually in court that same morning. And I just remember going, put on, putting on my shoes. I don't even know, I don't even remember if I matched or not. I just <laughs> drove myself to that courthouse. When I got there, I got there a little too late because no one showed up for my niece on behalf of our side of the family. So my niece does have two half sisters and that aunt went and since no one showed up on my niece's side, they just asked for the aunt to take my little niece as an emergency into their into her care. Okay. And then how tell just Go ahead with okay. your story and, and tell us. And so then I, I, they just said I came in too late, everything's been done. So I was not going to give up and stop there. So I said, what do I need to do? And they guided me 
to where I need to go and, and, and what to do from there on. How to petition for my little niece. And I remember getting there and I was not going to leave until I spoke to someone. And I didn't have no information regarding my niece. I just knew her name and her last name. I didn't know the social worker's name or anybody. And they said, well, we can help you. And I said, well, I need, I need to speak to somebody. I'm not going to leave. I'm here to adopt my, my niece. And um, the gal there is like, okay, go to the window, ask for, give them your niece's information, and we'll see if the social worker is here. I did. I came back, and luckily, the social worker was there because they're usually not there. It was a Monday, I remember. And when she came down, and many, I mean, my words were just like, hi, I'm here to petition for my niece, and I'm here to adopt her. I didn't know how or what, <laughs> how it worked. And so from there, I mean, when the social worker came down, I was kind of shocked because her appearance was not what I imagined it to be. You know, it was very dark. You know, she had tattoos. She had shaved head tattoos everywhere um she had the anti-cross tattooed to her and i was just like oh lord help me and so you know i didn't want to be judgmental and i just wanted to just get this going and moving and so they took my fingerprints right there and there and for the fact that she was there on that monday you know we were able to move forward and so from there it was just a roller coaster <laughs> To say the least, I'm sure. Yeah, the roller coaster. I mean, I felt like, I just said, Lord, like, help me. I can't do this without you. I just didn't know what the journey would look like until I really had to press into the Lord and just hold on to this garment and just trust him completely, completely. And I spoke to my family, my children, and they were on board because it was just a sad situation for these three little girls who were taken away in a police car. Oh my. When they first got taken away, they had to go into a they weren't even in a foster home. They were in a, um, what's the word? A facility. A facility where mm -hmm. they just had beds everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so that's how it, it, the journey began. And from there, I, I just leaned on the Lord. Well, you know, uh, I think if, if we all would sit back and think about it, you know, our yes to the Lord. Mm -hmm can change the world just change the world yeah. and uh, your yes has changed the world for so many through the act of courage that you took you know uh, saying the right thing sometimes is so very very courageous and if we really did sit and think it through sometimes I wonder if we would say yes mm -hmm. but God is so faithful to give us the yes. strength when strength is needed and give us the wisdom how to navigate the journey. Uh, you know, when, when you're kind of uh, thrust into something that you have no uh, background for, you had no, no training in social care or 
foster care or anything like that. And so going in that way, and then just think about it. If you were in that position, now you've got to position yourself to learn the legalities yes. in order to move forward. So now you're on an entirely new learning curve. And I want you to know, Christine, I am just so proud of you because uh, you've done what so many people would never, ever have the courage to do. And you've done it with dignity and you've done it with perseverance. And I just think you're just a champion. That's all I can say. So thank you, Christine. So so now you're now you're foots it through the door for foster care. But uh, you know sometimes because of all the pain that was involved with this, and you know anytime there's foster care, there's pain involved with it. Yes. So I'll just share a little bit about myself. Uh, for one second, because I can identify with so much of this, not being the foster parent, but being the foster child. So uh, my mother uh, passed when I was three months old, and uh, life just just began to just tumble and be a point of turmoil. Of course, I didn't know anything about it. I was three months old, what can I say? Uh, but I did go through the system. Uh, it was totally different mm -hmm. than it is now. And so I was put into foster care and from home to home and pillar to post and different things like that. And mm -hmm. I know what I had to experience through some of these uh, homes where I lived uh, was just not healthy. It was not right. It, it really um, can mar a child. And yes. so just the grace of God, I am who I am. Uh, and so... Uh, that's why I think I appreciate so much what Christine has done because uh, she went into this not knowing anything. The only thing she knew was that God told her to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and she said yes. And so she had to then figure out the housing and uh, the finances and the work schedule and everything else that goes into this. And so... Uh, with all of that, um, why, why don't you, let's, let's talk about something so positive for a second, because it sounds mm -hmm. like we're on a negative bent, but we're not, because this is just kind of part of that journey. But, but please tell me, Christine, what are some of the greatest benefits of fostering? Then we're going to backtrack and talk about some of these things. I think one of the greatest benefits is being a voice for these children. Oh, so good. That they just just being a voice they they need a a mother you know they they're taken away from their parents and you know the good thing is that yeah fostering does give you an opportunity like i got the opportunity to go through the fostering and then adopting um and just changing these children's lives oh you know uh listeners i i just can't even begin to say how very important it is that we understand that we can be an advocate for those that don't have a voice yes and sometimes it's it's not comfortable sometimes it's a little messy but the end result is worth it such a great benefit it mm -hmm. is definitely worth it so that's that's the best thing that you can be an advocate you can uh help to uh provide uh something that's stable for Absolutely. these young people yes and i i think uh really if we would look at the the families that have so much um uh, 
violence or just instability in them and no direction, no parenting process going on in the homes. They just they just survive. You know, give them food and a shelter, and that's yes. maybe what some people think is their only responsibility. Uh, but survivor skills. Yeah, they survivor learn that skills. At such a young age. Okay, tell us a little bit about that. So, for example, what I witnessed was uh, there's always like a mechanism there, right? When right. they feel like a certain way, like you can tell, they're like putting up their survival skills like because they have to learn to trust so good they have to learn to trust the person and the love needs to be shown good love has love is the number one that's so good they need so much love that's so good they need just so much love that once they break that barrier and they the survivor skills begin to kind of ease away mm -hmm. For example, I'll give you my little one. Um, she was, I think, two and a half. And I go into her closet, and when I opened it, there was my Sephora bag on the floor. And I was like, my Sephora bag was in the restroom with my makeup in it. So I go and I peek in there, and there was a peanut butter jar with a spoon in it. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, I can remember hiding food yeah. because I was afraid I would never get food. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you get to see these things, and it's just here's this little girl, that two years two years old, trying to survive on her own way, thinking that there's not going to be no more food. So when I got the girls, uh, all they knew was microwave food. They never knew a home, uh, a warm plate. Yeah, is that something? See, we take that so for granted, but. A warm home cooked meal yes. shouts love and care yes. and protection. Oh Absolutely. my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Well, remember that. So, next time you're complaining over a hot stove, right? <laughs> you remember how much love is going into that process. For sure. Because it's, it's shouting, I love you and I care for you. Yes. Marvelous. Yeah. Okay. I remember I made the little one her first soup. She asked for four plates. She kept saying more, more, more. I mean, that just speaks a lot. And so that more, more, more shouted, I'm so grateful, I'm yeah. so grateful, <laughs> how beautiful that is. Oh my gosh. And so so the, the benefit of uh, being able to uh, care for someone and love them and help provide stability for them. Uh, now, we know that's not easy sometimes. Right. So what, what were some of the things that you would run up against? And I know there's a time element, there's a, a, a navigation element in there that you have to rearrange your entire life yes. to, to be able to accommodate those things. Can, can you add anything to that at all? Sure. Um, well, like I said, when, when this happened, I wasn't prepared for it. It was just always me and my little one, um, my, my oldest daughter was 16 now um it was just me and her all the time so it wasn't that hard for me mm -hmm. you know I, I worked and I supplied for both of us and I mean I provided for both of us and when I was petitioning for my niece and I went to court I think it was a fourth time 
they asked me, they pulled me aside, the lawyers pulled me aside and asked me if, if I could take the other two because the other two uh, girls' aunt um, gave up on him. So my jaw just dropped and all these thoughts came to my mind and fear and how this and how that, I could barely, I don't even know what I'm doing. But I just asked myself, what would, what would Jesus do? Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. And out of my mouth, it, I said yes. And so I ended up taking all three girls. And because they were siblings set, it was a little bit harder because I was just going there to petition for my niece, but they were siblings set, meaning they couldn't get separated. So I think this was God's plan. Um to take all three for the end of the journey where we're at now. Um, but it, it wasn't easy. I, I remember, to be honest with you, um, I would count my change and we would go to the Dollar Tree. And we would... We would eat from the Dollar Tree. And when I tried to get help, they, they couldn't help me. They couldn't help me. Um, the income, you know, I didn't even know how I was going to get paid or how much was it or none of that didn't really matter to me. I just knew that I just had to, to, um, I was called to this. And so, um, what, um, so I just pulled on, on God. I just... Every day, I was at his feet. Well, you know, it's, 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 isn't it amazing? Because the word tells us that he'll make a way where there is no way. Yes. And not only does he provide, but he himself is our provision. Yes, he so is. Let me, let me say to our listeners real quick on this one. You know, uh, if we would look around and see if there are any uh, families that are fostering, uh, maybe at our school system or at our workplace or maybe in our church community. And just possibly, if you pray, God might say, give them a hand. And you know, a little bit from a few people makes a huge difference. Absolutely. So uh, I, I think sometimes two people are, are, are not very apt to say, I need help because they don't want to appear needy. And I understand those sort of things, you know, because again, it's it's all about your own personal uh, identity is at risk here in all of these things. But keep your eyes and your ears open so you may not know that these are adopted children or you, you might know our foster care children is the ones we're really basically talking about right now because they're so transient all the time. Right. And uh, when you can provide even a season of stability it can be a change factor for an entire life, but not just a life, but for generations to come. Yes, I, I agree. Amen. Yes. So, Christine, uh, what, what would you say would be the areas that you would say were the most challenging in those formative years of you learning how to foster? Uh, the challenging things would be um, every fostering is, is different. It took mine five years 
also in those five years I had to endure social workers, therapists, into the private of my own home. Our home wasn't our home. You had to really be on your toes all the time. So tell us what, what would be the things that they would double check and triple check on? Oh, they, they go in, they go into your closet, they go into your, your rooms, they go, they check everything, everything. And then they have to, you have to step out because then they have to question the child, which is, I mean, I agree, right? There's, there's a lot of fostering out there that there's a lot of ch children that are being harmed. Yes. And so, but it just really, they're just always in your life. Sometimes you get a call, oh, I'm coming over today. Will you be there around four o'clock? <laughs> you had to make a way to be there at four o'clock. So the inconvenience of the whole thing, uh, not just feeling like you're being intruded upon, but the inconvenience of it can really, pay, really put a lot of pressure. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, but it's part of the process. Yes, and it, so interrogation is always <laughs> <laughs> it's always going to be there. Yeah, the interrogation, yeah. not to speak of. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's just these are things that we don't really think about right. as process of that. But because we're we're kind of running on the edge of our time here, I just want to ask you, uh, in the midst of all of this. I know you and I know your heart and I've heard your voice say it so many times how grateful you are for the opportunity to be able to take these children and pour into their lives because it is for generations to come. Uh, but what, what would you uh, say to our listeners that may be considering some of this? Because we don't want to come in from a negative point because there's such benefit in it. Right. But we have to be aware. You know, you can't... You can't uh, be blindfolded and you can't close your eyes and you can't be ignorant and you can't be neglectful uh, but you do have to count the cost yes and the end result is that God will honor all of it yes. but uh, tell us uh, for those maybe considering fostering do you uh, know of any groups that are available for uh, foster parents or anything like that? Could you refer us or would they just be best to go on Google and check them out or what would you do? Well, uh, for me, I didn't really have that type of support in groups, but I did have, I did, I have heard of churches having fostering groups, which I think it's an awesome thing to do. Yes. I think there should be more of that in the churches. I agree. Um, you, it just depends on who you're going with and through the fostering program. They do offer programs out there um, that you can get involved with. But just for me, I was just so busy with four girls, you know, trying to be mom and work. It was just hard for me to attend to groups like that. Um, but one important thing was you also get an assigned therapist to yourself. Mm -hmm. So okay. I had... Uh, a wonderful therapist who actually ended up knowing who my brother was. Really? So it was like a connection. Okay. So I was able to vent and share with her and that helped. And of course, you know, family members and friends who are willing to, to support you. Very good. Very good. Well, I'd like to just encourage any of you that are part of a church community 
uh, to really pray that perhaps where you have your community, there could be an opportunity to raise up a group or some sort of a support system to help foster parents. I, I think that would be uh, so helpful and so beneficial to these families. So I, I know we're running out of time right now, but listen, we're gonna have Christine back again for another podcast. And we're gonna really be talking about transitioning from foster care into adopting. Yes. So I know you'll wanna come back and you'll listen to that, but I really wanna speak hope into each and every one of you. Uh, you know, God is a God of, of uh, the impossible. Yes. That which seems totally outside of our human concept, God can come in and he can make a way. Just think about it. How did he, he parted the seas for, the, for Moses. He, right. you know, I mean, he, he fed the multitudes with five little fishes and loaves. I mean, come on, if God can do that, God can, can do, do it. it for us. Yes, so we're just going to pray today that if you are a foster parent, that God would bless you, bless yes. the efforts of your, your hands and your heart, and that those are, that are maybe considering it, that you would look at it in truth and reality, count the cost, and let your yes be the very thing that will will really impact for generation to generation. So thank you for being with us today. So let's leave on a high note and say that we are applauding Christina today thank for you. all that she put her hand to. And uh, I, know, uh, I know her little gal that's in her home, her adopted daughter, and she is absolutely a treasure beyond treasure and talented, oh my gosh. She's one who's going to change the world, I'll tell you right now. So God used the whole thing to turn evil around for good. So we will see you again soon. Thanks for visiting us on this podcast, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Christina. So Thank you. So bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Keys to Life podcast. If this episode inspired you, we would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review we want to hear all about how god is speaking to you directly another way to show your support would be to screenshot post and tag us at life builder seminars find us on instagram and facebook we are so excited to continue this journey with you until next time may these keys unlock your freedom and transformation